Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief, fastest podcast on the internet. We're going to get you fast information and the information that you need right away. Um, Today, I'm excited because we're going to talk about um, something that dentists just absolutely love talking about. I can't hear them ever stop talking about it, is uh, accounting. Um, I have with me today a certified public accountant and the founder of Gein & Co. Um, Luke, Mr. Gein, say hello. Hey, Patrick. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, we're grateful to have you here. We love having expert advice from actual experts who have the credentials and experience um, to give that advice. That's that's uh, our biggest goal. And um, you're a certified public accountant, correct? Yeah, I'm a CPA and we're a CPA firm for dentists. And um, we we uh, are found are based in Colorado Springs, but really service dentists all over the country. Excellent. Yeah. And um being specific to practices, I think, is so important. I know there's a lot of CPs out there that um, work in a lot of different industries, and I'm sure that they can do a great job for dentists. But if you have somebody who specializes in, in practices, I think you've got to have a leg up in understanding the problems um, that dentists face. And I want to jump right into problems. Sure. Um, and, you know, in our conversation here, there's um, I, I hear a lot of information uh, go back and forth um, with dental practices and accounting. Um, so that's why I wanted to have you on the show today. Um, I want you to talk about um, some of the things that you hear out there and what's true and what's not true about uh, dental practice accounting. Yeah, let, let's talk about that because I think one of the biggest pain points for dentists is is the lack of tax planning and the misinformation that's out there about tax planning. Because here you have a group of people who are highly educated, who have gone to many, many years worth of school and effort, and then they go into self-employment, that self-employment starts to reap financial rewards, and then they find themselves um, in tax debt because nobody's given them good advice or because they find out too late that they believe the wrong things about taxation. And then they, they realize that their that their earnings are very inefficient because a lot of it's going to tax. So I wanted to cover some myths, so to speak, about tax planning that we've seen dentists commonly have. Yeah, so um, that's great. I think a myth is a good way to put it. Like I said, you hear a lot of information out there. So jump into it. What are the top myths um, that you hear and see every day? All right. So here, one, one, and again, you know, these are not things that most people would say, oh, I believe that and I'll defend that. It's just things that I think are inherently built in or just our culture tells us. But one is the year is over. So save me money in tax. So I, I had a dentist call me one time and say, hey, I made a half million dollars last year. What magic can you work for me? Um, that, that was the actual words. And I said, I can't do any magic. You know, once you've made your money, it's like, what do you want to do? The only things you can get into at that point are riskier and things you really shouldn't do. Uh, that, so if, unless there's proactivity, uh, there's no way to retroactively go in, and save someone money in tax after the fact. It's too late. The tax planning has to be done for the most part during the year. There's always some exceptions to that, of course. You know, everything has a few exceptions, but by and large, that's the case. So the, the idea being don't wait. Uh, don't wait till November or December to call your accountant and say, oh, should I buy equipment? Which, by the way, that's not tax planning either. That's just a purchase decision. Um, it's, it's too late at that point. Uh, another one that we run across is 
different CPAs can prep my return better and find more savings. Um, I had a guy come to me one time and say, look, I, I'll let you see my returns, but I'm going to also send them just so you know, to another CPA, I'm going to have both of you report back to me in a week. And then whoever can save me the most money by amending the return uh, is the better is who I'm going to go with. So that gets into myth one and two, where not only does he think that after the fact that we can save him a bunch of money somehow magically, but he believes that that tax planning is just a way of preparing a tax return so that one CPA just knows what boxes to check or what forms to fill out and can just magically do it better. Again, every now and then there's things that where you can do that, but that is not, that is not the right approach to tax planning and that can see into risky business. Sure. And, and usually I would have to imagine that, um, when it, when it comes to planning. And I think at some point um, we're going to talk about planning in the future, but um, if you don't plan, I'm sure you get into kind of a panic type mode and you start looking at who can save me money and who can do what. And it's, it's, it's gotta be kind of hard to, um, and, I, and we'll get into this, the vetting, but I can see where practices would want to do that. Right. How do yeah. I know? And, and, and um, how can I trust who's actually doing the best job here? And is there, is there a difference between one and the other? So I, I get that myth, and I'm sure a lot of it does come to a lack of planning. Um, what's another What's another myth that you see out there quite often? All right, so here's another one. Uh, the, the myth that my CPA is, quote, unquote, looking out for me throughout the year. Uh, I hear this one all the time, and it's usually people who come to our firm from another CPA firm who they are uh, upset with um, at, at, at best and sometimes demonizing at worst. And they basically feel like this person should have been looking out for me. They're my CPA. They're, they're, they should have told me this, that, or the other. They should have warned me that I was making all this money, um, almost like it's a, a family office relationship or a personal relationship rather than a business relationship. And the, and the truth is, unless you're engaged with a CPA firm for regular proactive tax planning throughout the year, it is not going to happen. That person, that's, that firm can has thousands of clients usually. And if all you're paying them for is return preparation, that's all you're going to get. Now, uh, to be fair to the, to, to the dentist, I mean, I think that the CPA firm should be offering that service. And then the, the, the dentist can either take it or leave it. Um, so that's a fault of the, the CPA industry as well. But the person isn't, unless there's an engagement and an understanding and something written, they're not just looking out for you throughout the year. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I would assume that building a relationship would certainly help um, along the way. What's another myth that you hear? Okay, so another one is, as long as I pay some tax, I've paid enough tax. So I had someone say to me one time, they got very upset when we gave them their tax return. This was not somebody who was engaged with us for tax planning. And they kind of half shouted, half just stated, uh, what do you mean I owe taxes on that money? I already spent that money. And we said, well, what'd you spend it on? And, you know, various things. Oh, I gave my son a loan. I put a deck on the house. I did these various things. It's like, look, those aren't tax deductions. Well, I paid tax, though. You know, kind of this indignant. Uh, I paid tax. And then, then they're referring to the wage withholding on their on their W-2. And we look at that. It's like, well, you're withholding 15%. You're not in the 15% tax bracket. Um, so there's this idea that I paid what feels like a significant amount. That's got to be enough. And it should be enough. And we got to make sure it is enough. It's not necessarily enough unless there's been planning to make sure it is enough. Sure. Uh, I get it. Yeah. It, I don't, I think for some people, it never feels like enough. I know when I talk to practices and of course I'm not an accountant. I, know, I know nothing about accounting except that usually if you have a good accountant and you did plan 
and you followed all the steps. If you pay a lot of tax, that means you made a lot of money and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. So, right. Um, right. No one wants to pay more than they should or that they, or than they have to, or that they're obligated to. I get that. Um, but I do think it's a pretty good scorecard. Um, in a lot of ways, sometimes people should be proud of the amount of taxes they pay, especially when you're talking about half a million plus dollars in net income per year. Um, what's a, what's another myth? Well, and I, I kind of just covered this one, but the idea that I'm, I'm pay, I have to pay taxes on what I have, not on what I made. They, people forget to, this gets into the importance of financial statements. You're taxed on the profit that your business made and not everything that you do with that money is tax deductible. Um, so uh, it's not just what's in your bank account is what you should have to pay tax on. People generally, a lot of times, Dennis especially, um, ended up making a lot more money than they thought. And uh, so they're they're going to be taxed on all of that, not just necessarily what what they have left or what they didn't do something with, um, or, or or what they think they made, right? Because yeah, it does happen that people make a lot more money than they think, especially when uh, they're not exactly great about the keeping up with their their uh, monthly books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, happen. it sounds like a good problem to have, and I guess in some ways it is, but it also is a very real problem. And so you, you have to know, is what I tell the people all the time, you got to know how much of your money is yours and, and you have to know what you have to work with. And so a, a lot of that money, it, it belongs to the United States Treasury. So we have to you know plan for that and then do something to reduce it. Um, yeah. Another myth kind of dovetailing into that one is I can't do much more money to save anything in tax, uh, or I, I can't do anything else to save money in tax, I should say. Um, and the truth is there's a lot of things that you can do to save money in tax. Tax funding is not just buy some equipment or you know, hire your kids or something. There's a lot of things. That, the key is that people need to understand the trade-offs. Every tax strategy, uh, whether it be a high, highly visible one to the IRS or a very common everyday one, has trade-offs. Um, there's, there's no free ride. And so People can't have all their money in their lap, ready to spend or do whatever they want with and somehow magically save money in tax. You can't do that. And so a good tax planner will help you understand the trade-offs of the various tax strategies. And you may realize that tax savings isn't quite as important as you thought. Or you may realize, hey, I'm very willing to do a lot of these things now that I understand the trade-offs. Sure. And Luke, um, one thing that I want to go over um you know, we're getting close to our end of our time. There's two things I want to cover before we go. And one is um, I like to help Dennis find the right people, right? You're obviously um, an expert in this field. So tell us what should, and, and this kind of comes back to the answer where, hey, I want to give my taxes to two different accountants and see who gets me the best returns, right? Or who, who gets me the, the best, uh, the lowest taxes. Um, how would you go about and Obviously, that's a horrible way to vet a CPA to decide who you're going to work with. How would you go about um, what would you explain to someone um, that they should look for? Um, what boxes need to be checked in order for someone to know that they've got the right uh, accounting firm and accountant to work with? Yeah, that's a great question, because when I go to conventions and I talk to dentists, the, the questions they ask almost universally are, where are you based? How many employees do you have and how many dentists do you work with? And it's like they're all reading off a script like those are the questions that help them know for the right firm for them. Um, and really, those questions are fairly irrelevant. And what what needs to be asked is, what is your process for tax planning? Because if you say, do you do tax planning? Every accountant will say, yes, absolutely. Yes. Yes to everything. We do that. 
but what's your process? Tell me how you're going to work with me throughout the year. Give me a, give me a few ideas uh, of strategies that you guys use, not so that I can go Google them and think that I can do them myself, but so that you, so I can get a flavor for the approach. Um, what risk tolerance um, are you guys, do you guys take people who have a really low risk tolerance or do you only want to work with people who really push the envelope and kind of go for those higher visibility strategies? But if, if they can't describe their process and, and show you what an, talk to you about what an engagement would look like for tax planning, they don't really have an engagement. It's just something that you're going to have to drive forward and which means it isn't going to happen because you don't have time for that. Um, so those, that's where I'd start. Yeah, that's excellent advice, uh, and I appreciate that very much. I want to give our listeners a way to connect with you. So your website is dentistcpafirm.com, correct? Yeah, dentistcpafirm.com. So dentist being singular, so dentistcpafirm.com. That's a great way to reach us. You can reach out, request a free consultation if you want. Yeah, and with a consultation, um, I noticed that you also are giving away a copy of the book that you authored, which is right off to the rescue, correct? Yeah, right after the rescue, it's a book I co-authored with other tax planners and gives a lot of ideas about write-offs and deductions that that people that are available to everyone. Excellent, uh, Luke. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much for coming out today. All right, thanks, Patrick. Yeah, and um, again, listeners, um, the website uh, for Luke Gein is dentistcpafirm.com. Check it out again uh, with a consultation. You get a copy of the book um, right off to the rescue. Uh, Luke, we appreciate you coming on and look forward to having you come on here real soon. All right. See you again. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.